Amen. We'd like to welcome everyone this evening. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad you're here. Amen. The Lord is good, isn't he? We serve a pretty amazing God. Amen. Praise God. If you've got a Bible and you would like to follow me, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 17. If you don't have a Bible, we'll give it to you here on the screen. You can follow along with us. Very familiar passage of Scripture for those of us that have regular attend church. We've heard this before. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. Not a Spirit, but the Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So if we want liberty... Do we chase liberty or do we chase his spirit? Because if you get his spirit, you get liberty. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing this evening. Praise God. We are, we are creatures that have a tendency to adapt or to mimic the atmosphere in which we are in. I've said this before, I am not a a coffee drinker. Uh, I don't really prefer anything hot. I don't know. I know that puts me in a weird category for most of you. I've never, never been a coffee drinker. My mom is a coffee drinker. My brother is a coffee drinker. My wife is a coffee drinker. Uh, but I am not a coffee drinker. I don't know why I never, never acquired the taste for it. However, uh, because of that, I, I'm not, I don't go to Starbucks to buy uh, coffee, but they make these breakfast sandwiches um, there at Starbucks, and I, I, my wife introduced me to them, and... They're tremendous. So even though I don't go to drink coffee, occasionally I'll go into Starbucks to get a breakfast sandwich. But when I go into Starbucks, and if you've ever been to a Starbucks, every Starbucks has sort of this same kind of atmosphere to it. And even though I'm not a coffee drinker, when I'm in Starbucks, it kind of makes me want to be a coffee drinker. Because I see everybody sitting around with their coffee, and it looks cool. And I'm over there with my breakfast sandwich and no coffee, and I look goofy. And so every once in a while, I thought it'd be cool just to order a cup of coffee, even though I wouldn't drink it, just so I would look like I'm, I'm in the crowd. Because it's kind of like, why is that guy coming to Starbucks and he doesn't drink coffee? I'm that guy. And there's something about that. But then if there's a, there's a restaurant and if you ever, I think we have, we have one here, and one in Bowie. I think there's one on Mountain Road. It's called Texas Roadhouse. You know what I'm talking about? There's something unique about Texas Roadhouse, and that is Texas Roadhouse lets you throw stuff on the floor. 
In fact, they kind of encourage it. This is a problem for us that have kids. Because you teach your kids, don't be throwing stuff on the floor. When my son, it was a little while ago, we were, at, we were actually in Pennsylvania at, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a church uh, function. Pennsylvania, and a part of that, we went to Texas Roadhouse. And when my son, who's already teetering on being mischievous, he doesn't need any encouragement. When he went into Texas Roadhouse and realized he could throw stuff on the floor, this was the greatest thing he'd ever seen. He don't even like peanuts. But we're shelling peanuts like he's Dumbo the elephant. Handed it to him. He didn't want the peanut. He just wanted a shell. And he just wanted to throw the shell in the air. We had a stack of peanuts and no shells. And Noah's over there chucking shells. And we go scoop the bucket to get more peanuts. And Noah's eating the peanuts. He just wanted to throw the shells. Because that's what the atmosphere set for him to do. The atmosphere changed his behavior. Even though we as parents have encouraged our children, please don't throw stuff on the ground. That's not proper to do that. But when we got him into a different atmosphere, because that's what was going on in that atmosphere, it changed his behavior because of the atmosphere. I'm a loud person. I know that. You don't have to tell me that. I could probably preach tonight without a microphone and get away with it. And as loud as I am, when I go to a library, the atmosphere of the library is not conducive to my voice. Because the atmosphere of a library is supposed to be reverent and hush and quiet. Shh. And when I go into a library, I have to change the way I am because the atmosphere is conducive to a certain way and conducive to a certain behavior. And the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If you're going to climb... Mount Everest tonight and you're going to climb from being accustomed as we are to being sea level creatures. We are are used to being at sea level. If you've ever traveled out west to the Rockies and you've got above sea level, you can notice a difference. We are at sea level. Our bodies are used to that. But you go out there and you walk, you can feel the difference in the air out there because it's above sea level. But in the Rockies, if you're, I mean, if you're in the Mount Everest, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, you have to go to, there's four different base camps that you go to. Each one of them is at a higher elevation. And you go to those and someone along the way figured out how long you're to stay at each camp. And you go to the first camp and you stay to a, for a certain period of time. If you go to Mount Everest, you don't just walk off the plane, throw on your backpack and start walking. 
your body is not conducive to the climb that you're trying to get to. Because your body is not used to that atmosphere. And so you have to go to the first base camp, which is just a little high. It's not your destination. It's not where you're going. But it's where you've got to get to to get where you're going. And you get there, and when you get there, your body adjusts to that atmosphere. And once your body adjusts, then it's off to base camp number two. And when you get to base camp number two, you stay there for a period of time. And when your body adjusts to that, then you go to base camp number three. And you stay there until your body adjusts. And when your body adjusts to that, then it's off to number four. And you stay there at number four until your body adjusts. Then it's time to summit. But you don't walk from the bottom to the top in a moment because the atmosphere is not conducive. And you've got to adjust to the atmosphere. But there's something here. We all know this. You don't go to Alaska to grow oranges. And then work. Because in Alaska, the climate is a cold climate. Because once atmosphere has been established and has stayed that way for a period of time, it becomes predictable. And then when an atmosphere is predictable, it turns into a climate. There are warm days in Alaska, but it's a cold climate. There are days when the atmosphere is conducive to growth, but it's only for a period of time before the climate says it's a cold climate. God is not interested in simply giving you a warm day here and there. God is not interested in all you feel of Him is during the period of time slotted that we call church. Because church is creating an atmosphere. We create an atmosphere in this place. That's why when we come together, we come together and we prayer and we we have prayer and we have worship, we have praise. Why? Because during the week, six days a week, this is a cafeteria. Sister Naria, how many kids do you feed in this room every every day? Twelve hundred energetic, full of life, half crazy. Sixth, 7th, and 8th graders come through this room five days a week. When they come in this room, the atmosphere is very chaotic. When we come in here, we've got to come in here, same thing in Severance, same thing in Brooklyn Park, because those buildings are not ours. We come in here, and we have to change the atmosphere. We can't just walk in here and say, well, we're here. Because we come in here and we are people of the Spirit, led of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. And we have to come in here with the mentality that we are going to change the atmosphere. If we come in here, because here's why. Gathering together alone doesn't change the atmosphere. Because we could gather in here tonight. 
and flip on these one of these screens a football game that's on right now and we would create a different atmosphere so we got to get out of the mentality that showing up is good enough showing up to church isn't good enough there's something beyond showing up If it's simply about showing up, then we need to stay home and we'll send you the copy of the, the DVD. It's not about showing up. But when we come together, we are changing the atmosphere. Because we are changing the atmosphere so that God can do something in here at this place. So God can begin to work and begin to change. Why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So there are people in here tonight that need something from God. There are people in here tonight that need God to do something in life. But instead of us trying to get God to do it, our job is to change the atmosphere. And he said, if you get the atmosphere right, oh, someone's not hearing me. If you get the atmosphere right, I will do what I'm designed to do if you get the conditions to where it need to be. There's a pool. There was a pool in the old in, 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 in the Gospels. That the pool would get troubled. And when the pool got troubled, first person to jump in got healed. You know what? You got you could get in that pool all you want. Swim. Nothing happened. You had to be in that at the time that the atmosphere of that pool changed. It wasn't the pool that made the difference. It what was happening in the pool that made the difference. It's not church that makes the difference. It's not singing or preaching that makes the difference. It's what we do about it when we begin to come together and create an atmosphere. Why is that important? Because us that are at a level where we can come in here and we can begin to do that, we can help others who aren't there yet. Because you've been there, I've been there, we've all been there, and we'll probably be there again. I don't always come to church here. I don't always come to church full of faith. Probably not the best thing to admit is being the preacher, but it's true. You don't always come to church full of faith. On You're ready just to tear down hell with a water gun. It doesn't always happen that way. And when I come into church, when I come into this place and I'm down and I'm weak and I don't have the faith where I need to be, but I can get in the right atmosphere. When I can get in the right atmosphere and God begins to move, suddenly what was dead, what wasn't working when I got in here, all of a sudden, I begin to feel something begin to move in me, begin to shake in me. Something begins to come alive because the atmosphere is beginning to change. And I begin to feel something in my spirit. And my spirit begins to recognize, wait a minute, something is beginning to move in this place. 
That's why when we come here, we drive out every demonic power. We drive out every opposition. We drive out every spirit of doubt, every spirit of unbelief. We drive it out. Why? Because if we get all that stuff out of here and we get this atmosphere conducive to the power and the presence of God, then anything is possible. But here's the deal. That's awesome. That's great. That's exciting. But the fact of the matter is, we're here, or you're there wherever you are on Sunday morning. You're there from usually 10 to noon-ish. Sunday night, we're here from 6 to 8-ish, 7.30, 8-ish. That's not a long time compared to my whole week. So that's like Alaska having a few warm days. Nothing will grow just because you have a few warm days. Because the climate outside of those warm days isn't conducive to certain types of growth. There are some of you in this place tonight that aren't experiencing the growth that you desire to have in your life. And you're thinking, well, I'm coming to church. Yes, you're having a few warm days. But the climate of your life is not conducive to the growth. Well, but, but I, come to, I come to church and I worship. Yeah, you have a sunny day. Today is going to be 75 degrees, fair skies, beautiful wind. It's going to be wonderful. But Monday morning when you wake up, it's going to be 40 degrees. With a, slant, with a chance of some cold rain. That's not going to be conducive. Tuesday, there's a chance of snow. Wednesday, there's a storm brewing. Oh, but don't worry, Sunday's coming. It'll be 75 and sunny again. Hey, the climate of my life is not matching the atmosphere that I'm experiencing. That's why I've said it and I'll say it again. It's not about coming to church. It's about being what God has called outside of this arena we call church and not taking church out there but bringing church in here. Oh, you're missing it. Come on, you're missing it. Folks, I'm telling you, I said it this morning and I'll say it again. God is so determined to break this group of people out of a mold of traditional thinking and religious bondage. I am determined God is not going to let us do it like everybody else. In fact, I'm going to be as bold as this. And you can quote me and I can get fired for saying it, but I'll just have to get fired. God's not going to let us do it like the other two groups. Not saying what they're doing is right or wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying we're here. You're here. If you don't like the way we're doing it, you got options. But this is the way God has intended this to happen. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Oh, someone didn't hear me. I'm going to say it again. Not by might, not by power. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. 
We are a people of the Spirit. And we must be a church of the Spirit. We must come in here with the mentality. There is nothing that's going to stand in our way from seeing God do something great. There's just something moving. I'm sorry. I can't, I'm, I'm deviating. I'm sorry, but there's just something moving. I can't get past that church, past this point. We have got to be some group of people that are hungry and are desperate for the move of the Spirit above everything else. We're not about a program. We're not about three songs, an offering, and a preach. We're mad at all that. Chuck it all. I don't care. If we don't see another song, if we don't preach another message, I don't care. But we've got to have an apostolic book of Acts, move of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit of religion. I come against every spirit of tradition. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Boy, something just... Oh, rise up faith in this place right now. Rise up faith in this place right now. Rise up in this place, faith. Rise up in this place. Oh! Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name Is Israel walked out of Egypt Israel walked out of Egypt saw God miraculously part the Red Sea to the point that they walked across the Red Sea, not in muddy ground, but in dry ground. That's how miraculous that move was. Then they saw God do all that amazing things. And then 40 years later, they go across the Jordan River and they go into a place and they conquer armies when they should have never won those battles. But God was with them and they conquered the unconquerable. They conquered Jericho that had never been defeated. They conquered that. God smashed the walls flat and they saw that happen. And the Bible says that they moved into houses that they didn't build. They reaped from fields they didn't even plant from. And they did all this because Joshua refused to go beyond where he was unless he was led of the Spirit. And the one time he didn't follow God, they got wiped out. But every time they followed God, God, God did great victory. But the problem was, Israel started looking around and saying, well, you know, all that was that worked well, but you know, they got a king, they got a king, 
they got a king. We don't have a king. And they begin to bellyache and cry asking for a king. And God, you know what? Sometimes you can ask God long enough. He'll give you what you want, even if it's not what he's want to give you. If you ask God long enough, he'll honor your faith. If you want your way long enough, God will finally say, you know what? You want it that bad, baby? You can have it. And Israel begged God, God, give us a king, 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 give us a king. Because they wanted to be like everybody else. And look what happened through the next history of Israel with kings. Yeah, they had a few good ones, but most of the time, the kings put them in wrong directions. Yeah, they had a few here and there that are okay, but most of the time, the kings did more damage than they do good. Why? Because they wanted to be like everybody else. They were people led by the power of God, by the fire at night and the pillar cloud by day. And God led them and they were led of the spirit and they had victory after victory, but they wanted to be like everybody else. We can look around and try to be like everybody else. And we can, we can, we can chart our success by how close we can be like everybody else. And we can chart our, our say, well, look how good we're doing because we got this going on and we got that going on and they got that going on. We got that going on. They got that going on. We got the same thing. Oh, they got that. We got that. But what good is that if it doesn't get us anywhere? What good is that if the Jerichos stay unconquered? What good is that if the giants still stay in the land? God did not call us to be king hungry. He called us to be giant slayers. And when we realize that, folks, that we don't have to be like anybody the only thing we have to do is be like God's called us to be. When that clicks, they're going to be lined up down the hallway. Because you know what? There are people in this room and there are people out there that are looking for something that's real. We're not better than anybody else. We don't claim to be better than anybody else. We don't walk around saying, look at us, how good we are. We're just a bunch of normal people that are doing our best to love God. That's all we are. We're, we've, got, we've got just as many faults and failures as most people. Some probably in, in quantity, probably a little more than some. But we're here because we're desiring to do something beyond just the norm. Not just come together and have church. If we're going to do that, my God, let's go back to Arnold. We don't have to set up and break down and do all that nonsense. But we come over here because we are trying to do something that's beyond the norm of tradition, of religion. But God is called to do it. And it's not going to be my might. It's not going to be by power. But it's going to be by the Spirit of God. And if you're in this place tonight, listen to this real quick. I'm not going to be much longer because God's going to do something and I'm going to get out of the way. Watch this. Book of Acts. Why do we always point back to the book of Acts? Because the book of Acts is, 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 a, is, is a book that 
chronically uh, accounts the, the, the early church and how the early church went, to, went from a small pocket of believers that exploded and you had all these churches that were being affected, but it started from those 120 and spread out from Jerusalem all over. And then you get into the church of Corinth and the church in Galatia and the church in Ephesus and all the churches that are mentioned that Paul writes to and all the travels of Peter and all the travels of all the other apostles and, and men and women of the Bible that all happened as it spread. But it started in Jerusalem. But watch this. Book of Acts, ready? We know the first one, right? Let's just read it because we, we, you know it, but let's just read it. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's read it. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place, and one, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a munching rainy wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Verse 3, and there appeared in them cloving tongues like as a fire and set upon each of them. It stopped right there, and they were all filled. Everybody say filled. Filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gated of it. Keep that there, but listen to this. Keep that scripture on the screen, but watch this. Acts 2, filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 4, filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 4.31, again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 5, filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 9, filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 13, filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 13.52, filled with the Holy Ghost. And that doesn't include the time to talk about the Spirit and all that stuff. That's just the term filled with the Holy Ghost. It's mentioned in the beginning of Acts and mentioned throughout the book of Acts. But here's the deal. Acts chapter 2, 120, that were gathered there. We just read it. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And the power of God began to shake that room. And we know by the story, it spilled out on the street. And there were people out there that heard God moving, said, what's going on? Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall, be, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Awesome. Watch this. A few days later, a few days later, go to Acts chapter 4, verse number 27 sounds like a good place to jump in. You got to jump in somewhere. Verse 27. For of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel will gather together, for to do what whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold the threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak the word by stretching forth thy hand to heal with signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And verse 31, if you go back through, we don't have time, but go back through, look at the people that were in here. Peter and John were in this group. This wasn't just a new group. This was a, was a, a lot of the same group. Peter and John were in this group. And look what happened. Verse 31, we just heard they prayed in chapter two. Chapter four, a few days later, Peter and John, a bunch of them got together and they prayed and the place was what shaken where they were assembled together and they were all what's that word let's see how good you are back behind that curtain go back to acts 2 4 what's that word acts 2 4 ready they were what acts 2 4 throw it up there Hey, there you go. There it is again, ready? And they were all 
filled. Now go back to Acts 4.31. Remember that. They were all filled. Same group. Ready? And they were all filled. Wait a minute. I thought they were filled in Acts 2. Why is the same group getting filled again? They got filled in Acts 2. Why are they back getting filled again? Was it the first time good enough? But these men that continued to get filled with the Holy Ghost shook the world. And they were said, hey, these are some stupid and ignorant men. But we recognize something. They've been with Jesus. We recognize something different about you. Why? Acts 2, filled. Acts 4, filled. Acts 9, filled. Acts 13, filled. Filled, 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 filled. Why is that important? Because when we come together, it is the will of God that every person in this place leaves out of this place filled with the Holy Ghost. So that when you go out there, you don't go out there empty, but you go out there filled. But you say, but, but Brother Ray, I was filled last week. Good. But last week was last week. What about this week? You say, what? Well, I prayed yesterday. Great. That was yesterday. But what about today? My question is not when the first time you were filled, but when was the last time you were filled? Because every time we come together, Every time we come together, every person in here tonight should be shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Because watch this. I'm getting excited. Hold on. Acts 4.31, you got to put it back up there. I got to go back because you missed it. Watch out. Watch, 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 watch. Ready? And when they prayed... Watch this, and when they prayed, the place was shaken. I know some of you are too sophisticated and cool to do this, but some might just shake a little bit. Woo! That's, some, that's just too cool. That's just too, that's a little too crazy. That's all right. You sit there, I'm going to shake, baby, shake, baby, shake. Because what? What do you call something that, when it, what do you call, what do we call when it begins to shake? What is that called? It's called an earthquake. And here's what happens. On an earthquake, anything that's not built on the right, right foundation, when the earth begins to shake, everything that's built on the wrong foundation if the shake can last long enough, it's coming down. You don't have to tear it down. You just got to keep the shaking going. Because if the shaking going, everything that's not built on the right rock, everything that's built on the wrong foundation, it's coming down. So you know what? We've got depression that's built in this room tonight. We've got bondage in this room tonight. We've got sickness and disease. We've got demonic things built in this room tonight. 
instead of running around with a hammer trying to chop down everything, if we come together and we begin to get filled with the Holy Ghost, And God begins to shake this place. Everything that's not built upon the rock that is Jesus. Satan, your kingdom is coming down. Uh, somebody need to turn your neighbor and say, watch out. I feel a whole lot of shaking coming on. You say, well, that's silly. It worked then. Why doesn't it work now? We can sit there in our sophisticated religious piety and just say, well, you know, God's so good and this is so nice. But baby, if I've got a shake. You sit there. And do nothing and leave empty. But I'm going to shake and leave full. Because when we become a church that's filled with the Holy Ghost. Not because we spoke in tongues back in 1993. But because we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Today, October the 2nd, 2016. There is nothing that can stand in our way. Oh, I wish somebody would just lift your voice and begin to let the Holy Ghost fill this place. I don't know what you're waiting for. I've told you what God will do. Now what you're going to do about it? You can sit there and wait for God to do something. Or there can be something in you that says, Lord, don't let me leave here tonight empty. Come on, is anybody there? That's your prayer. Fill me tonight, Holy Ghost. Fill me to overflow it tonight, Holy Ghost. Yesterday's gone. Today I'm in need. Come on, right now where you are, lift your voice and begin to pray. Come on, the Holy Ghost is in this place. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, you can receive it right now. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost and you haven't spoken tongues in a while, you need to leave here tonight filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, be sensitive to those around you. Come on, church. This is it. This is it. This is apostolic. Let's not, let's not stay there waiting. But let's let God do something right now. Come on. Come on, church. Let's begin to pray one for another. As they begin to pray, the room was shaken. As they begin to pray, the room was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, folks, I'm asking you. Come on, go find somebody and pray with them. Go get a hold of somebody and say, let's pray until we're both filled. Let's pray until we're both filled. It's the will of God that everybody leaves in here tonight filled with the Holy Ghost. Come on, that's it. Come on. I lose this, the gift of ministry in this place. Come on, folks. Be used to the Holy Ghost. Be used to the Holy Ghost. Don't just sit around and wait. Come on, God's doing something in this place. Be used to the Holy Ghost.
Come on, this is Book of Acts. This is New Testament church. This is New Testament church. This is a New Testament church. We're not trying to do things like everybody else. We're trying to do things like God has called us to do. And we're a people of the Spirit called by the Spirit. you need to do you need to get out of your seat not for the sake of getting out of your seat but you need to break the mold for a minute you need to try and do something you haven't done in a while don't just sit and do the same thing you've always done but break the mold a little bit come on if you're done praying go find somebody to pray with we're not dismissing yet god's doing something great